Good morning, Chelsea. How are you doing? Doing great. How about you? Absolutely fantastic. Before we even get started, I got to tell you, why why isn't this on, on Netflix or Hulu? Because this is the kind of show that I would binge watch day in and day out. Wouldn't that be fun? I think uh, from what I've seen on Twitter, a lot of fans would be a big fan you know, supporters of that idea, especially we get a couple of those captains in who like to cook. Absolutely. Because I get I, behind that. And, and I'm glad that you brought up the captains because I, I, I've spent a lot of time with a lot of the firefighters and stuff like that. And do you know that everybody on that team enjoys cooking? I'm sure it's the same way on Star Trek. I think probably. Well, and we get with the, the latest show, the Strange New Worlds, Captain Pike is constantly cooking amazing looking food. How did you jump into this project? Was it so you were you were sitting at a restaurant one time, maybe enjoying some all you can eat sushi, thinking, "Hmm, I wonder what they would be doing on the Enterprise." Well, I have wondered that uh, from time to time, but I've actually written a number of fictional food cookbooks, and Star Trek was always on my dream project list. So when I finally got the call asking if I'd be interested, I was crazy excited about it. Does this give you a backstage pass now to all of these uh, Star Trek conventions? I really wish. Uh, I think I could probably get to a couple of them. It's been suggested I try one of the cruises as well, which I think would be pretty cool. So now, are the rumors true that you, you've come up with 70 new recipes? Because I, I became a foodie uh, during the lockdown, and I've become, I, I just, I've, I've stayed that way. I enjoy being in the kitchen. I love that. I think one of the silver linings of the pandemic maybe is everybody's stuck at home and sort of unreliable delivery or takeout or availability of your, your normal go-to stuff. You're forced to make more interesting food choices just to keep from losing your mind. Uh, so you're in good company there. And, and you put focus on the one thing that I have specialized in, and that is soups and stews. Oh, my mm. God. What would it be like up in space? Would it have to be scalding hot like I love it? I mean, it depends. It's I think uh, you have to look at the cultures that the soups or stews are coming from. You know, if you're, it's an an ice planet, they're not likely to serve gazpacho. They'd want something to warm them up, and vice versa. If you've got a hot planet, you'd probably want something a little cooler and uh, less robust. That's so true because that's what happens with ceviche. Is is that what 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 you're getting in Miami versus Carolina versus Jamaica uh, or even Mexico? Everybody, what whatever's in their area is is the ceviche. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's very tweakable, you know, based on your own personal preferences and based on what's in season, little things like that. Do you think that garnishes are a mastered art? I mean, even sauces, because I was talking with my sister last night uh, and all she could talk about was how my mom made this. My mom made that. I'm thinking, well, why didn't I get that gene? Mm. Yeah, no, I think that they can really take a dish to the next level, you know, and it Part of the way I wanted to construct the Star Trek cookbook was to give a little intro section with sauces, different little garnishes, so that people could really gussy up a dish if they wanted to make it more impressive, you know, a birthday party or a, a premiere of a new show, something like that. What have you learned from this? I mean, because I'm sure people have been reaching out to you from all over the planet. I Yes. Uh, so my normal comfort zone is sort of Game of Thrones aesthetic, you know, dark, moody, wooden cutting boards kind of a thing. So I actually had to learn quite a bit going into this project. The aesthetic of Star Trek obviously is much cleaner. It's futuristic, uh, well lit. You, you can't get away with just throwing a few candles in the background and calling it a day. Um, but I also, you know, it's always about 
taking something that's familiar and defamiliarizing it when it comes to this sort of fictional food. And I think that that's really a fun challenge. And hopefully uh, I hit the mark on that. Well, you did, because one, one of the things that I've learned in going through this is the fact that I feel like that you're bringing people together, all different shapes of culture and things like that, 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 that you've taken a chance on something that's going to create conversation because you have, you have to have conversation when you, when you have food and you're also going to absolutely and you and patience. In other words, you, it's not going to just suddenly happen. You have to have the patience to watch it come to life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a nice way of putting it. And it, you know, within the cookbook itself, my stated aim was for it to be sort of a, a Starfleet guide to connecting cultures, you know, and bringing people together, just as you say. So I think that if it can do that in the real world, that would be fantastic, too. One of the things that a lot of listeners don't understand is the importance of a kitchen at a radio station. Now, now the kitchen at, on, on something up in space, we, we never see exactly where that kitchen is on any of these ships. Right. And, well, we see... We see on Voyager, uh, they they uh, repurpose mm-hmm. one of the, I think, either the captain's quarters, the ready room kind of a thing, um, into Neelix's kitchen. So we do see that, but it is it was not built into the ship there, right? So they've they've sort of jury rigged it based on their circumstances. But you're right. I mean, apart from that, it's pretty much just replicators, and that's you know that's one of the things that Star Trek is really known for. And some people say, well, why do you even need a cookbook in a world with replicators? Um, and I would argue that just because you can replicate foods, are you really going to want to eat this exact same cheeseburger <laughs> every single time you're craving a cheeseburger? You know, it's, sometimes it comes out a little saltier. Sometimes it comes out a little, you know, juicier. So true. Um, and so I think you'd be, be much better off in the world of Star Trek replicating the ingredients and cooking it yourself. Which that, is not to say that it wouldn't be enormously convenient. That is so just true to because push a button and have a meal. We'd so, all love that. So true because so many cities nowadays have pockets of areas where you can go and I mean there there could be ten different burger joints and and the thing is just start here and end up over there. It's like a bar crawl except it's a burger crawl. Yes. <laughs> That'd be fabulous. <laughs> so can we include Seth MacFarlane and Orville in this? I, I realize it's not Star Trek, but come on, he he at least is trying to respect the, the image and the storyline of it. Oh, I think that's really fun. There's, uh, there's nothing specifically in here for that, but I think any of the Orville fans would definitely be able to uh, replicate a few meals out of this and be pretty happy with it. Food, as you describe, is hope, acceptance, and exploration. How many people miss the boat when it comes to exploration? Ooh, well, I think it's I can I can speak as a uh, a recovered picky eater, um, <laughs> and uh, who now eats just about everything. So, I think that there's so much opportunity across our one planet to experience incredible flavors, really cool foods. You know, even the through the wealth of Netflix and Amazon cooking shows, just mm-hmm. to sort of vicariously see what people are making all over the world, I think is just an incredible opportunity. And as you say, especially if you live in a city, there are so many chances to go and taste them yourself. And I would absolutely encourage people to do that. Also to explore you know, ethnic food markets, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. see what's there. Take a, take a chance on something. Especially farmer's markets, because farmer's markets, you can go there to get ideas and take chances on different garnishes and things like that, that, you know, it's like, oh my God, I didn't even know we could get that here. 
Absolutely. I live in Vermont and we we swear by our farmers markets. So yeah. highly recommend. So your connection to Game of Thrones. What do you like at a Renaissance yeah. festival? I mean, seriously, do you run around going, that's not how I would have done the turkey leg. Get back in that kitchen. Uh, Renaissance festivals, not so much. There's, uh, they're, they're their own thing. I do some historical reenactment and, uh, I got to tell you, everybody there takes it way more seriously even than I do. So, uh, they are, they are top notch. Do you ever walk around with a camera and stuff like that so you can share it with your followers? Because I mean, with a book like this, I mean, I, I, I just can't imagine what your numbers are going to be doing for you. Well, I, I hope you're right. Uh, um, no, and it's up until now we uh, we undertook a, a kitchen renovation during the pandemic, which turns out to have been the worst timing possible <laughs> for that. Uh, but we're just wrapping up now, and so we actually have a photogenic kitchen. So we've been talking about what we could do at home that uh, might sort of open up that genre, I guess. <laughs> you know, bring a camera in, see what we do. Here's here's one of the things that I that I face a lot of only because one of one of my little part time things only because I can get away with it. I work at a grocery store, but the thing that I run into a lot people who are always trying new recipes are people going to be coming into my store asking for ingredients and become disappointed because they we didn't have it. We have to go to another planet. No, I hope not. Um, I try always with these sort of funky recipe collections to keep it as accessible as possible. That said, if it's all you know, ingredients you've already got at home, maybe that doesn't feel quite alien enough. So there are a couple oddball ingredients. Um, but generally, if I'm asking people to buy something unusual, I try to use it in more than one recipe so they can really get the full use of whatever that is that they've had to hunt down. Um, but I think generally people actually sort of enjoy that, that hunt in many cases, um, especially for the video game cookbooks. It seems to be a a mentality of uh, people who are used to doing quests. And yeah. so this is sort of just another quest now in the real world to go find the right ingredients. How do you like that new age of like the video game of uh, recipes and things like that? Because I mean, th it's, it's all out there. I mean, I can't wait till the metaverse takes over the planet because we're all going to be jumping in there, sitting in the same kitchen as you. Oh, that wouldn't that be fun? Yes. Uh, that would have been a lot easier to renovate in the metaverse I bet, <laughs> than uh, real life. No, I think it'd be really fun to find new ways to connect with people. You know, it's we don't have hologram technology, but I'm waiting for that one. Um, but I mean, in a, a world with the technology we have, not only can you experience, you know, watching people cook across the planet, but you can order ingredients that you had never heard of before. And I think that's really incredible. Has anybody from the International Space Station reached out to you saying, can you come up here and cook us a meal? No, I don't think I'd be qualified for that one, <laughs> but I'd love to go eat there with them. Well, would that, that not be, be, oh my God. You know, it's so funny. For because science and research, obviously. I, I actually had the blessed opportunity to sit down with an astronaut and, and he, he openly admitted that he got bored with looking out that window at the planet Earth. I'm going, how could you ever get bored? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All about perspective, I guess. Wow. All right, so here's the thing. Growing up, I watched a lot of Julia Childs on TV, and I always thought to myself, and this is just how weird I am, I, I kept telling myself she's selling out family tradition. Do you feel like that you are selling out universal tradition and there are spaceships sitting out there right now watching your every step? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, if, if there are spaceships we don't know about, 
watching everything I do, then it's probably the Vulcans. Uh, <laughs> and I think they're probably, as predicted by Star Trek, a little disappointed in humanity at the moment. <laughs> is is there a special drink that, that you uh, kind of investigated and sampled and played with and all that kind of stuff, or even made it your own? Well, sure. The... Uh, one of the more well-known drinks is probably the Ractagino, which is a, a Klingon coffee. Uh, and that crops up throughout many, many of the different series um, and, you know, subsequent games, novels, what have you. Um, and that was a recipe very early on I knew had to be included. So uh, that ended up being, um, it's a really unusual thing where you beat a whole egg, eggshell and everything in with the coffee grounds, oh boil God. it all up. Oh it looks God. horrifying. <laughs> it looks so terrible. But then you strain it out and it makes this absolutely crystal clear, amber colored, uh, very mellow coffee. Um, and it's actually one of my favorite ways to drink coffee now. So it, it basically you're getting your protein and your lift at the same time. There you go. Yeah, exactly. You know I have to try this because I have a coffee. All in one breakfast. I have a coffee press. <laughs> That's how I do my coffee every day. I've, yep. I've got to try this. Oh, I think it would be great in a coffee press. Absolutely. And, and so, so does it, I mean, it does it taste, I mean, what, what do you do? I mean, in a way, the hot coffee would cook the egg, right? So you're not going to get anything dangerous. Right, exactly. Yep. Um, and so it the egg serves to clarify the coffee and... The eggshell arguably helps uh, cut down the acidity just a little bit. Whoa. So do you think that our taste buds change when we get up in space? Because, I mean, I mean you, you have a section here on desserts and stuff like that. And and I and I, I crave chocolate, and I don't want it to taste like peanut butter. <laughs> well, I mean, it could taste like worse things. Tasting Ooh. like blue cheese if you got into space <laughs> oh would be pretty God. bad. Oh, my God. Um, you know, chocolate and peanut butter, we can work with that. But uh, I don't know. I don't know the science actually behind whether our taste changes mm -hmm. uh i know you know plants grow differently if you take them into space and things like that um but uh one thing i did wonder about never really worked to a conclusive answer with was you know what constitutes a dessert for an alien culture you yeah. know do they have the same sweet tooth do we that we do do oh. they have a worse one uh you know, are their main courses sweet and their dessert courses savory? I mean, who knows? The op options are pretty limitless. Oh, my God. I never even thought about that. What we think and what we kind of, you know, call a dessert is a, is a treat to us. But to somebody else, it could be like a filet mignon. Absolutely. And even in our own culture, uh, throughout history, it's changed. You know, they're a very popular dessert-ish dish used to be uh, a sort of sweet almond pudding with chicken breast shredded up in it. I mean, it's, uh, you won't find that much anymore. You, um, you, do you think those out in space are gluten-free? I mean, because I mean, that seems to be the big thing here. Where's your gluten-free? Where's your gluten-free? Well, I don't know. It depends on where, what you're looking at. We know Star Trek has, uh, its own grains, quadro triticale. Right. Uh, we see at one point and that's sort of a blue color. Um, and I think that because Star Trek is taking place in the future, we, Probably, arguably, it's a very hopeful future. So we would have um, maybe engineered wheat to be less harmful to people with gluten intolerance. I mean, who knows? It's it's the wonders of science, right? Yeah. Nobody seems to be uh, afflicted with any sort of allergies or, you know, you can replicate something to be gluten-free. Yeah. Uh, 
So I think it would be much easier probably for people with allergies. You up there in Vermont, I don't know if you guys have got it, but Topo Chico, that's got to be space alien water because that water just endlessly bubbles. You know, we had some at our local general store recently. Uh, it went so fast, I never got to grab any. But uh, <laughs> You should see how fast it sells down here. It, sell, we, you, it comes in on Thursday. It's all gone by Saturday. I mean, all of it, yep. gone. Yeah. I was shocked. Nothing nothing else has moved quite that fast, uh, except for a couple of ice cream flavors that they mixed up. <laughs> Do you have Jenny's up there? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. That, se that seems to be the big crave down here in the South right now. Everything is Jenny's. And, and the thing about it is is that we have a Jenny's ice cream shop outside the grocery store, but people from even the, gro the, the shop come to our store because we sell Jenny's cheaper. Mm, that's funny. Is, is there no, ice? No, we've got a, a, a general store that mixes up its own flavors. Oh they did God. a, a God, what was it, brown butter maple the other day, and it – it went so fast because it was the best soft serve ice cream I've maybe ever had in my life. And I don't know why they bother with other flavors when they can make that. You know how foodies are and those in the kitchen. We, we love to take lots of pictures. Are you, are you going to be posting any of this on your Instagram or Twitter and things like that? Absolutely. Yeah. I did a, a number of sort of teaser photos when I first started working on the book. Um, you know, a lot of the alien plant life I got to use as garnishes and in the background of photos, all the dishware I had to add to my collection because I only had medieval things. So uh, I had to add a lot of sort of funky space cutlery and things like that. And that was an absolute blast. But yeah, I think uh, as we as we keep cooking through this, um, I'll definitely be hoping to add some more. I've moved on already, though, to a, a second Game of Thrones cookbook. So really? we're sort of mixing our metaphors a little bit there. Can you imagine mixing both cultures up in space as well as a Game of Thrones? My God, that would make a great soup. It would make a great episode, too. I mean, that's currently <laughs> where my brain is right now. It's a very confusing space to be. <laughs> you got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Chelsea. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you so much. That would be a blast. Well, you be brilliant, and you keep, you keep loving that food, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me.